This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Well, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm Andrew Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. And ooh, we got a big show coming up today. Game two tonight, Winnipeg Jets, Montreal Canadiens. A lot to break down, including... George Peros, an NHL player safety, handing down a four-game suspension to Mark Shifley, keeping him out of this series until Game 6, if it gets that far. Um, we've got an awesome show today. I am so fired up to welcome in, for my money, the most entertaining man in sports media. You know him as the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill of TSN's Overdrive is going to join us in a few minutes, and Jeff Hamilton, the Hammer from Winnipeg Free Press will pop by as well a little bit later on for more on tonight's Game 2, the Shifley suspension, and the Winnipeg Jets and Montreal Canadiens. Um, as always, we're brought to you by our wonderful family of sponsors, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet Canada, Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, and PolicyMe.com, as well as Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Um, let's get Michael Remus in here and uh, fire it up. Remo... Um, well, I guess we should also welcome everyone with us here and, and actually thank everyone as well. Um, this has not surprisingly been the biggest week we've ever had at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Set a couple records this week, but yesterday's show, Remus, was far and away on a whole nother level with how many people were coming in and joining us on YouTube. So to everybody that's new, great to have you with us. Hit the subscribe button. Hang out with us every day, live at 1 o'clock. And if you're missing the YouTube show, you can always get the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, usually uploaded it in your feed around 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon. What's going on, Reem? Yeah, it's, I'm just trying to stay cool in my basement uh, here, that's for sure. I think it's supposed to be like 35 today, so you're going to need a, a cold LBJ. Uh, of course, a great day for some DQS Craven one after the show yesterday but I'm feeling good I think yesterday's show um, was incredible we had over 800 people uh, in at one time and yeah we had like 17 18 maybe close to 19,000 views on that <laughs> show so uh, playoffs it gets more intense not for just the players in playoffs but for us here and hopefully we can keep it uh, civil in the chat and uh, which I think for the most part it was yesterday but uh, you know kudos I, I guess we can start with Mark Shifley the suspension yesterday was four games Full credit uh, for to him for coming out and facing the music. Yeah, and, you know, we'll get to some of Shifley's comments in a minute. Um, you know, first off, I, I said here, I mean, I thought that he was going to get suspended. And, you know, I thought that there should have been a suspension for it, considering the dangerous nature of the hit. Um, but I'll be the first one to admit I was surprised that he got four games. I said yesterday on the program I thought it would be two. I could have maybe seen three or one, but I was not expecting four games. And... You know, I guess it's it's an opportunity for NHL player safety to try to establish a standard for hits of this nature. Uh, because as Maurice said, it was such an unusual play. There isn't a number of examples of a play like this where a guy on a hard back check uh, on a play with an empty net blows a guy up like that afterwards. So, um, you know, I know there's some Jet fans that are angry. I know there's some Habs fans that are angry. I mean, that was one of the craziest things coming out of yesterday, Reem, is just the incredible extremes on both sides. To be honest with you, bad takes on both sides. As we said yesterday, the truth was somewhat in the middle. Um, but it does seem like this is an opportunity for NHL player safety to set a standard for this type of hit. 
Unfortunately for Mark Scheifele and the Winnipeg Jets, it comes at the absolute worst possible time for them. And while I think most of us can live with this decision, if this is the way things are going forward, the thing that you hear certainly from people on the Winnipeg side of things is just the lack of consistency when it comes to penalties from NHL player safety that sometimes have people scratching their head. All that being said, the good news in this, all reports are that Jake Evans is doing quite well, although he will be out of the series for the the meantime. Uh, And the Winnipeg Jets now have to go into the next four games of this series without their number one center, key member of the power play, and arguably best forward. It's It's a big, big setback for Winnipeg if they're hoping to get to the final four. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of Jets fans um, are really puzzled with the inconsistency with the Department of Player Safety. And look, if this was the suspension, this is what it's been. Four games, you know, fine. I thought it was going to be two just based on what we've seen before. We saw Tom Wilson, you know, 5K fine for a judo throw on a helmetless Panarin. I mean, does Tom get, if Panarin's head does hit the ice, does Tom Wilson then get a long suspension? Uh, Ryan Reeves, we saw what he did to Ryan Graves. Two games. And even with and this kind of leads me to believe has, the NHL doesn't care about the Winnipeg Jets players. You know, when it's Mark Shifley doing things, they're happy to make an example out of him. But when it's earlier this season, Brady Kachuk throwing an elbow on Blake Wheeler, who did not have the puck, he got no hearing. Uh, Rasmus Sandin throwing a, like, using his back, launching his body into Blake Wheeler's head. Blake Wheeler's on the ground after. Every single person on social media is like, oh, what an amazing reverse hit. That was, to me, was extremely, <laughs> extremely dirty, and I said that on this show. Go back a couple years. Brian Little, you know, losing his balance through the neutral zone. I think it was 2016 against Tampa. Anton Strollman steps up and drills him in the head. And you know what Tampa said after in the dressing room? They said, he should have had his head up. It's too bad. And Strollman's excuse, well, you know, I, he just kind of fell into me. That was BS. Little had a, a serious neck injury and was out months. Look at Jake McCabe, high hit on Patrick Laine, 2017. He was out with a concussion. Nothing done. So it's over and over. All these hits have been happening to Jets players, including two this year on Blake Wheeler, and there is nothing. And Mark Shafley, who has zero track record, and you see guys with track record like Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson get two games and Shafley get four games. I totally understand why people online are livid about this. That was a hell of a take, Reem. And, you know, I think a lot of people around here will agree with you on that. I mean, there is a sense that, you know, this is a, a player... This is an opportunity for the NHL to, you know, show that they're, you know, they're coming down hard on this sort of stuff. And, you know, it was funny. I don't know who it was in the chat said, I blame the Rangers for this. Ever since they called out George Peros, his decisions have been over the top. Yes. I don't know about that. But as I said, it's way easier to stomach this suspension to Mark Shifley if some of these things have been called in the past. And you bring up some great, uh, great examples um, that, you know, of, of why some people around here are, are feeling sort of bent. And certainly you heard that from Shifley and the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they didn't back down from, you know, what Maurice had said yesterday. And, you know, we'll get to, maybe we'll get Shifley up here. Why don't we uh, play just Shifley's reaction to the hit? Was, you know, Mark Shifley did face the music today, talked to the media, dealt with a number of questions about it, some of the aftermath, some really ugly stuff too. And listen, I think the 99% of, fans that are joining us here or you know big sports talk radio people or you know even on social media talking about their team um you know are civil respectful and normal people but there's that small percentage that goes way over the top does things that they would never do in person and unfortunately we heard some pretty ugly stories of things that have been happening to 
the Shifley family, his parents, his brother and sister, which is disgraceful. So uh, I think we all, whatever side of the fence you're on, um, I think we can all maybe help preach a bit more of a positive message when it comes to the discourse between hockey fans um, and certainly bringing people's families into it. Um, it, you know, ridiculous to be honest with you, but we'll get to that as well. But yeah, Shaif stood up and um, had a lot to say, Reem. Why don't we start off with him um, talking about the hit the way he saw it? Yeah, I think, you know, my intention on that play is to try to negate, negate a goal. Um, you know, there's no intent, there's no malice there. There's no, I don't go in with the frame of mind of, of, uh, of injuring a hockey player. You know, I, uh, you know, my, my, my record precedes itself. You know, I think I've had, I haven't had one charging penalty in 600 games. Um, you know, my, my thought process there is to, is to cut him off at that post. Um, you know, obviously when he, when he gets to the behind the net, I don't know if he's going to cut back. So I, so I stop moving my feet, um, you know, in case he, you know, in case he, you know, cut, does a cut back behind the net and I can reroute and go to the other side and, and, and cut him off at the other post, you know, he might shallow out into the corner and, and, you know, then I have to gear down and, you know, try to angle him off into the corner. You know, my, my thought process there is cutting him off at the post and, uh, you know, I'm back, I'm back checking and, you know, my thought process the entire way is, you know, we have a, there's a minute left in the game. We just scored, um, you know, there's, it's a one goal game. My, my, my only thought in my mind is, is to negate a goal and uh, prevent a goal. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the result sucks that he's hurt. Um, but like I said before, you know, I just hope he's okay. I, I hope for a speedy recovery and, you know, I'm praying, I'm praying for him. All right. So there's Mark Scheifele talking about the hit. It sounds like that's pretty much what he said to NHL player safety Reem. And, um, you know, as we heard for an extended almost three-minute video breaking it down, um, they weren't buying it. And they made a point of mentioning the fact that he doesn't try to make the attempt to play the puck with his stick. And at that point, I think they have determined the intent of Mark Shifley. And, you know, listen, I mean, I believe Shife. I, you know, listen, I think that he does have some ground to stand on, that he's not a dirty player. He's never done anything like that. I mean, I do think it was a bad decision. It was dangerous. He should have been suspended. Um, but again, the four games was not, I think, what anyone was expecting, at least around the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but again, this goes back to kind of the conversation yesterday, Reem, with the varying opinions. I mean, I cannot remember any situation in the National Hockey League that had so many extreme takes on both sides. I mean, for every person that wanted the book thrown at Mark Shifley, there was someone, many former players, saying, listen, that's that's part of the game. That is a hockey. And Paul Maurice, to his point, said that, listen, he thought that it was a clean hit by, you know, not a headshot, not an elbow. Um, the fact of the matter, this was charging by definition, um, regardless of whether it was because of a back check and... Uh, I know the Jets are in the situation that they are right now, but, um, you know, as far as for Shifley goes, um, he's going to miss these next four games. Um, we saw him get emotional at times this morning, and I guess the big question to Reem now is how his teammates respond to his absence and what the Winnipeg Jets are able to do without him in the lineup, in addition to Dylan DeMello, which is an uh, underreported story because everyone's focusing in on the controversy and the hit. Um, but, man, as bad as the Shifley loss is, losing Dylan DeMello on the blue line, another big, big hit to the Jet lineup going into tonight. Yeah, that's a huge, uh, huge loss. They wouldn't say who would come in. I think they're speculating uh, with, you know, evidence that it's uh, Jordy Ben. We'll wait and see. I know we talked about Ville Hainala yesterday, and we kind of think they're not going to want to burn or try not uh, try avoid at all costs burning 
that first year of his ELC. So we will see how this goes. I think that is probably the bigger concern is the depleted defense now without Dylan DeMello. Defense that already had a lot of question marks about it. And then you lose him, who's playing on the top pair, did such a great job in the first series. But uh, I think without Mark Scheifele, I mean, you're going to need more from Dubois. He's going to have to show you what he did last year with Columbus. He hasn't shown that here. He has shown a, a, couple, you know, a, a bit of good, a bit of bad. And uh, Paul Stasny, I think he's game-time decision as well. And everyone's texting me and everyone's writing, what happened to him? We have no, we have no idea. He you know, missed a practice. And uh, I don't know, they said maintenance in his <clears throat> playoffs. They're not going to say. So, you know, you yeah. hope that he, he can come in and make an impact. But um, we'll see what, like, what the lines are. Uh, going, you know, when we uh, what when they go to warm up? Yeah, well, maybe when the game starts. I mean, uh, you know, who knows? It all depends on who's in the lineup. And yeah, the Stasny situation is weird um, in that you know he was out doing special teams practice on Monday, did not skate with the team on Tuesday, and it was sort of framed as, hey, you know, the guy's had thirty-five. He's thirty-five. He's had a thousand games. You know, if he needs a rest day, you know, so it was sort of posed as a vet day. Um, and then he wasn't in the lineup on Wednesday. And I think, you know, reading the between the tea leaves and talking to some people, I think, you know, you can maybe assume it's a back issue or something like that because they've said that, you know, it's it's we'll see how he feels. Um, the good news was he was out on the ice this morning, uh, but Paul Maurice was, I would say, cautious when saying whether he'd be in or out of the lineup. It will be a game-time decision. But needless to say, without Shifley in the lineup, the need for Paul Stastny goes up in a big, big way with such a massive hole at center ice. We'll hear from Maurice a little bit later on after we talk to O'Dog on the on the center ice position. Um, but Reem, back to Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I'm sure people will agree in the uh, in the chat. I'm already seeing uh, Adam Sawyer, time for Dubois to step up. Listen, Dubois, I think there's been a lot of patience with Dubois, and I understand he's had some unique challenges this year. Uh, coming in a trade, quarantining for two weeks, joining a new team, and bouncing around the lineup, being tried in all sorts of different positions. Um, I think there has been patience, but, you know, from some portion of the fan base uh, and even the media, I think there's been a little bit of impatience in the past month or so, especially when the team was struggling. All of that gets erased immediately if Dubois steps up in Shifley's place and has a big game and helps the team win. If Shifley's out for four games and they don't get much from Dubois, I think that significantly changes the conversation about Dubois, about the trade going forward. So to me, Reem, I think that Dubois in particular is the player that, you know, needs to raise his level of game the most. He also has the best opportunity to do so. And the focus on Dubois will be far brighter than it's been, I think, at any time since he's been a Winnipeg Jet when they drop a puck tonight against the Habs. Yeah, and you know we talked so much about how the Jets' center depth was, uh, you know, was was great. So, you know, if you're going to have an injury or sorry, an injury, a suspension to one of your top players, well, center is one because you have Stasny, Cop can step in there, Dubois as well, Lowry, uh, Thompson. So there are a number of guys who can step in. Well, they go Stasny, uh, Wheeler, what Connor on the top line, and then keep Dubois, Ehlers. Um, I think it'll be Dubois. I think Dubois is going to go with Wheeler and Connor. And I think that it will be Stastny with Ehlers and Cop. Or if there's no Stastny, I think we're talking Cop with Ehlers. And 
Then the question is, you know, do you bring a Matthew Perot up there? Is it Mason Appleton? But, I mean, that completely decimates the Lowry line, and I don't think Paul Maurice wants that. I guess the other question is that who comes in the lineup if Stastny can't play? Is it Christian Veselainen? I thought he looked very good in Game 1 of the Edmonton series. We know that Jansen Harkins is uh, is an option for the club as well. You would assume that Toninato would stay in that role with Lewis and um, Nate Thompson on that on that fourth line. So really, the, the effect of the Shifley line is going to have trickled down within the top three lines as well as the lineup. And as you mentioned, Remus, the biggest question mark right now for the Winnipeg Jets, knowing there's no Dylan DeMello, knowing there's no Mark Shifley tonight, is whether Paul Stasty will be able to go tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. And if they can't, more pressure on Pierre-Luc Dubois as well as a player like Andrew Kopp. But, you know, Kopp in particular has said that he loves these opportunities and can't look at his season and say that he hasn't made the most of them. So another opportunity in a contract year for him to make a big, big impact all around the lineup as it's needed as the Jets are going to try to lean on their depth and come together as a team in the absence of uh, their number one center. Yeah, he says that it's, you know, obviously a huge game, so... Cop uh, has had a career season. He's you know contract coming up. He's looking for an, uh, the next deal. Uh, you know he's came on here. We like his game. And one thing too, I wonder when you go to the power play. Um, you know Shifley's been a staple on that left side. Um, how does this change the power play as well? Does they just put um, you know another right-handed shot there? Um, I I'm not sure what they're going to do. Like does Cop move there? I mean, it's funny they put in uh, you know with Stasny, they just put Appleton. And you'll wonder if they shuffle things around and try to get Ehlers, maybe get the Ehlers unit at number one and put Connor in there. Like, do they go for a full sh- a full shuffle? Because Shreveley's a huge you know, part of that power play. And missing him for four games, they haven't been without him. I saw Tracy writing chat, does Wheeler go back to center? I think they Well, that's, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that, it, that does become an option if Stastny is also out. Um, but I kind of expect that, you know, they'll go with Dubois. And, and here's the other thing. I didn't like Ehlers' game for... Ah, maybe the first couple periods. I thought he, like a lot of the Jets, got better as the game went on. But man, Reem, this, you know, granted all everything we just said about Pierre-Luc Dubois, the pressure for him to produce at the center position, which was, you know, the the spot they traded for him to play. A huge opportunity for Nikolai Ehlers to continue being a driver of a line. And um, if Ehlers can bring his top game um, and chip in offensively tonight, I think that gives the Jets a... Uh, uh, you know, a much better chance of winning this hockey game because without Shifley and, you know, with question marks on that top line, the one thing that we've seen is that Nikolai Ehlers with just about everyone that he's played with this year has been able to be very, very dangerous, dangerous offensively. And with guys like 55 out of the lineup, you know, they're going to need Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, but especially Ehlers being sort of the the driver of that second line to produce um, because they're not going to have that same amount of firepower a healthy Jets team would normally have. Yeah, and that's what they're known for. I mean, Mark Shafley's got a great shot, and we, we all remember the image of Carey Price robbing him and Shafley scoring two goals in Game 4, again, including the tying goal against Edmonton. So, yeah, you're going to be missing that. It's going to be on everyone. Um, I, you know, to be honest, I said, I think I just said that before, that I'm more concerned about the DeMello injury. We're not really focusing on that uh, than Shafley because this team Big has time. been strapped for defense, and we saw... You know, even last game, they just didn't stick to that defensive structure that they played so well uh, against the series against Edmonton. So, you know, now that they've played, you know, played a game against Montreal, maybe they'll have a better idea what to expect, the intensity level, because it was clear that, you know, the last game, they came out of the gate slow. 
And then once the DeMello injury happened, uh, everything was all mixed up and they couldn't get into a rhythm. So uh, time to reset. You're only down one game, best seven. You tr- I think you've got to try to win two. And your best case scenario is to get to game six when Shifley returns down 3-2. Uh, you know, try- you're going to have to win on the road in Montreal. We'll see how many fans are going to be there. I think that's going to be a story uh, as we go on. Just imagine, just yeah. imagine for a minute well, if the series does go to game six. And Shifley returns as public enemy number one in the Bell Center with fans for game six of the playoff series. I'm not saying that that was, had anything to do with the suspension. I think they made their decision based on the play and whatnot. But it, does, uh, it, it would make for um, a big story, a lot of hype for um, something the NHL, I think, for the most part, doesn't mind having people talk about heading into the game. Um, all right, we're going to have Jeff O'Neill coming up with us just in a couple minutes. Do want to tell you about PolicyMe.com, our newest sponsor. Great to have PolicyMe.com uh, on board. And what is PolicyMe? Well, I'll tell you. It is the simplest, easiest, best value life insurance program around. And it's so simple. You can do it quickly. Get a quote by going online. Um, you probably don't love sales calls with insurance brokers. I know I don't. Paperwork at no thanks. Um, and I'm also not a big fan of being upsold a bunch of other types of insurance I don't need. What I think we all need is an honest, straightforward take on what is necessary and what the benefits of it are. And that's what Policy Me does. It's a hassle-free online experience that doesn't involve talking to anyone on the phone. <clears throat> So you can check out Policy Me, get on a line, simply go there, check out the quote generator. And the one thing that differentiates Policy Me from its competitors, the affordable rates, generally 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada, an instant decision. You're not having a bunch of awkward meetings and waiting around six weeks to find out. You'll know just about instantly, and most people don't require a medical exam, and it's an easy, straightforward process. What traditionally took weeks and involved tons of paperwork now is around 15 minutes online. Simply go to policyme.com, answer a few questions. They'll let you know, first of all, whether you even need it at all and give you options going forward. And do us a favor when they ask you how you found out about policyme.com, click podcast. Got to give a shout out to Mark Sports Video who uh, sent us a tweet. Mark is one of the uh, regulars here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Always love his contributions. Uh, Mark, we should give a happy birthday to Mark's son because Mark was just over at DQ St. Anne's, one of the Nicky Nicky DQs, to pick up a cake for the birthday. And while there, why not pick up a milkshake as well? Look good. I was jealous, Mark. Of course, it is hotter than... Hell right now here in Winnipeg, 35 plus. That is blizzard weather, ice cream weather. The Nick and Nicky DQ group, Northgate, Neverville, DQ Polo Park, and Dairy Queen St. Anne's. Great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And as you saw from Mark, also make the best ice cream cakes around. You can also get more information or order cakes online on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And a big shout out to our friends at Breezy Bend Country Club. Some steamy rounds out at Breezy this week. Make sure you stay hydrated there or wherever you are uh, golfing. I can't wait to get out on the course. They've done some amazing upgrades and continue to do that this year. Uh, I'll have to wait a little bit more to be part of the uh, great scene on the 19th hole, the patio, but hopefully that'll be coming in a couple weeks. And the bottom line, just uh, what an amazing course. Great people there. If you're thinking about a permanent home for you and your family golfing, waiting list is on right now for next season. You can find out more 
at breezyben.com. And <clears throat> we always do our golf reports for Breezy. So before we get to Jeff O'Neill, let's check out what's happening at the Memorial Tournament. Can tell you, Chris Kirk is in the lead, tied with Colin Morikawa, six under par. And then you, oh, my pick from the lock shop. There's Pat Cantley, one shot off the lead. He's five under right now. Xander Shoffley, four under. And Canadian Nick Taylor right now at four under par. Uh, and he doesn't tee off until later on today in and around 530. So all that coming up uh, a little later on. We'll keep an eye on the uh, the leaderboard at the Memorial. And as I mentioned, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press is going to come on a little bit later on. But right now, been fired up for this for a while. Been hoping to get our next guest to join us and uh, incredibly appreciative that one of the busiest guys around right now, the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, makes his debut appearance on Winnipeg Sports Talk. O-Dog, what's up, man? How you doing? Hustler, how you doing, buddy? I had a word with your old buddy, Gary Lawless, this morning. So uh, <laughs> regards from both of us. Uh, wonderful. Hey, man, uh, listen, thanks so much for doing this. It's great to have you on the program. And just before we get into all the hockey talk, congratulations on everything. I mean, this this business has gone through a lot of changes. It's, uh, it's a weird, weird place right now. And the one thing that's happened, despite everything else, is you, Noodles, and Hayes, kicking ass every day and growing overdrive it has become must watch and much listen for so many sports fans even outside of toronto so uh well done on that and keep on having as much fun i don't think anybody has more fun than you guys maybe us but that's close yeah it's you know it's been a difficult year because we've kind of met some milestones and i think that you know i don't really go behind the scenes into like kind of numbers success but i think we're doing well and it was a difficult year to even enjoy it with what's happened at work with um, you know, people, including yourself and Winnipeg and everything that's happened in radio all over the place, it's just been, you know, I think sometimes you might retweet something saying positivity, but I couldn't even be bothered because it was so disappointing <clears throat> with what's happened, but we just keep trucking on, I guess. Opportunity and good things, and certainly we're having a lot of fun, and it's been amazing to see the response we're doing, and sometimes at the end of the day, and I think about this when I watch your show, it, this medium is about content and about the personalities and about the conversations. And, you know, we've figured out in three short months that, you know, the fact that we're not on the end of the AM dial is not necessarily the death blow to these conversations, especially in a sports bad city like Winnipeg. And then you add in the gas on the fire, oh dog, of the playoffs, what happened against Montreal in game number one. And, um, I can imagine. I mean, I think we're probably having more people tune in now than we would have ever had before right now. So it, it's been going well. Let's get to the hockey right now. There's lots of fun stuff I would love to talk about you, but I can't not not start with the Shifley hit, the suspension. Um, it's been interesting hearing a number of former players that have been on one side saying, you know, listen, I know it looked bad, but, you know, you got to have your head up. And then there's people that say the guy should be out of the league. Truth's probably somewhere in the middle. How did you see it first off, O'Dog, and then what did you think of the suspension? I think that the, the, the way that people are looking at it, Hustler, is it's almost kind of got like a European vibe to it where it's like somebody got hit so hard and got hurt where it's like regardless if you thought that was okay, you're getting suspended for it. I don't know if you watch the World Juniors or the World Championships. Sometimes there's like a like a just a really hard hit and the referees um 
they're just calling it because it's just it doesn't look like it's part of the game and somebody's probably bigger or stronger. And I don't think that's necessarily completely the case in this situation. I think Scheif and I have a lot of respect for Mark. I love him a lot, um, you know, just as a player, as a person. But I, I, I just think he thought, you know, we're losing this game. And at a split second, he said, I'm going to blow this guy up. And ultimately, that's what happened. And the kid got hurt. And I, I kind of knew he was going to get suspended because I'm not going to start breaking down the tape and saying, well, his elbow was down. He didn't elbow on the head. He just he just traveled a, a long distance, man. And it's, it's, it's kind of got like a European vibe to it where he was going so fast and he's a big, strong dude. And he hit him hard and he hurt the guy. So um, I thought he would get two games. He got four. And I think sometimes we... You know, we look to the suspension and say, oh, did Shifley get screwed over? I think that, you know, it's it's just kind of taken away from the guy that got wheeled off in the stretcher. You know what I mean? It's just like, and Mark talked about it today. He can live with the consequences or whatever, although the, the nonsense with his family is disgusting. But I'm, not, I'm just not shocked with, with society today. Um, so I, it's just one of those things. I thought he would get two, but he got four, and he's going to have to live with it, man. It's going to be tough for Winnipeg to climb back, Hustler. And I'll tell you what, I got to do a sports center later tonight on the game. There's one guy that I'm focusing on, and I'm going to say that he was dominant or he couldn't get the job done with the opportunity. Guess who you guess who that guy is? Uh, is he wear number 13? Yes, exactly. Because it's his opportunity. I have no idea the motivation that he wanted to get traded for, but this is a spotlight game where all I'm going to look at, I'm not sure if Stassi's going to play. But with Shifley out of the lineup, if he wants a spotlight game where he can show the world how good he is, it's tonight. Like, tonight. And there's no excuses, and, and he can either be great. I'm either going to be saying, with these two guys out or just Shifley out, this was the opportunity for him, and this is what he did for it. So he gets the right to story tonight because I'm yeah, doing it well, for sure. You know, it, it, and we were talking about this right before you came on. I mean, you know, he had the quarantine. He's bounced around the lineup. But Jeff, they haven't really found – uh, a set line that has worked. And I think there's been a lot of patience for Pierre-Luc Dubois, but especially during the, the slump, maybe a little more impatient growing. All of that gets thrown out the window. He comes out and has a great game in Mark Shifley's absence. However, if he doesn't come up and, you know, they lose and they don't get a lot from Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think this is the first time that the spotlight is squarely on him and his importance to the Winnipeg Jets, especially when you add in the factor of who they traded to get him here to Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, he was, I, I last year watching him in the bubble against the Leafs, I was like, this guy is just a stud. He's big, he's nasty, he makes plays. And I understand he had to quarantine for two weeks, but that was a while ago, Hustler. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a while ago. That was so, like the end of January. Yeah, and as soon as he got there, everyone was like, man, the top six, the top nine, and he was going to be a major factor. And I thought it was going to be pretty simple. Shifley won and Pierre-Luc Dubois, too. And that's as dangerous as it gets, man, because I just remembered what he'd done against the Leafs in the bubble, how good he was. I know he got yelled at by Torts, but other than that, man, he was awesome. And I just watched him this year, and I don't know if it's because sometimes you ever notice that guy puts on a different jersey and it just doesn't look the same and it's like where is that guy that played for columbus and he hasn't got there yet and i can tell paul maurice he was politically correct all year saying he's got to buy time find line mates find chemistry blah 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 all that nonsense is out the window tonight because he's got to play 
Well, you know what? And you mentioned Paul Maurice um, and know him well, Jeff. Um, I, I'm interested the aftermath of this effect. What do you uh, the, of the hit? What do you how what, how does it affect the series going forward? I mean, we know that obviously, first and foremost, Mark Scheifele's out for the Winnipeg Jets. Jake Evans is out for the Montreal Canadiens. But what do you think this does to the temperature of it? And is this something that galvanizes either team more than the other, considering what they're dealing with coming out of Game One? Well, I know what happened in the Toronto series, and I think guys were pretty cautious after that happened to John Tavares. They were like, man, that was ugly. And it's almost like you really got to dig down to find that competitiveness because watching somebody leave in a stretcher is an ugly incident, and it puts you on the human side of it. We're not thinking about, you know, usually playoff kind of atmosphere or playoff mood is you want to run somebody through the boards as hard as you can and if they stay down you don't really care because it's the playoffs and blah 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 you do whatever but that kind of takes a, uh, a sting to it so it's best for both teams whether you're the Winnipeg Jets and you want to set the tone you got to let everybody know that you're beyond that and he's okay and you're going to be okay and we're back to playing because if you just say wow I don't want to see anybody else get hurt. I don't want to hurt myself. It'll probably end up costing you a period and ultimately cost you a hockey game. How do you think the Habs go into tonight? I mean, Shifley's not going to be in the lineup until the earliest game six. I mean, is there a message sent right off the bat to guys that weren't involved? I mean, does Wheeler have to fight Weber or do they stick to business and then we have this conversation if there is a game six when Shifley returns to the lineup? Well, if you're Winnipeg, if you want to go get some kind of revenge or whatever and you take a stupid four-minute penalty and they score on the power play and make it 2 nothing, that would be awfully stupid because if the visiting team takes two on the road, first two games, you're in trouble. So they got to be careful about it. Back in the back when I played, this would be taken care of like on a, on a cool February evening when it was 5-1 or 6-1 when nobody was really thinking about anything. And then all of a sudden all hell would break loose because people thought everyone forgot about it. But if you want to go out there and get revenge for this, um, I don't know. It's probably not the right idea. I know Mike or Nick Foligno tried to – he did fight Corey Perry, and he just thought that was the price of doing business for his captain leaving on a stretcher, even though he didn't do it on purpose. So, I don't know. I imagine if Shifley comes back, he's probably going to have to fight somebody. I really don't know. I don't – Well, I don't and, I, and I wonder, and I wonder, I mean, just about – like, let's say this series gets to game six and Shifley comes back. Of course, all the talk, that'll be in the Bell Center. It'll have fans. I mean, he will be public enemy number one to both everyone in the building, but also everyone on the ice. And, you know, Shifley, I think he might have one slap fight at one point in his career. I mean, the guy, you know, he said it himself. I think he had 20 hits this year. That's just not the sort of player he is. What's going to that? What's going to be that be like for Shifley coming back in as public enemy number one in a situation that he's never been before? In addition to how important the game is and what his team needs for him to deliver on the ice. Well, it's not like there wasn't a bullseye on him before because he's such a talented player. But he's, he he understands every time he touches the puck, someone's going to want to knock him down and knock him down hard. Um, it's just guys pay extra attention to you. you. You just you literally put the spotlight on yourself because everyone's like, any chance you get, and this isn't the 70s where someone's going to take their stick and wrap it around his neck, but they're going to finish their checks and then uh, basically what Joel Edmondson said, they're going to make his life miserable. You never it's, it's, these guys especially, man. They they hold grudges. These modern day players like they're you. Shifley's gonna. 
he's going to be miserable when he goes out there. So he's got to find a way to fight through that as well and play play his game when he gets back. The O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill of TSN's Overdrive and TSN's Hockey Coverage with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I mentioned Paul Maurice. You know him well. How do you think Paul Maurice is handling this within the Winnipeg Jets? What's the message that he says to the men that will be in the lineup tonight before Game 2? That's all Paul and any other coach cares about. It's not who gets suspended. He gets the lineup card, and whoever he's got in there, he's got to come up with a game plan. And as I mentioned before, Hustler, a lot of the focus has got to be on Pierre-Luc Dubois, what kind of game he can bring tonight. Do you know the health of Stastny? Is he a game-time decision? or that, that's, that's what Maurice said. I mean, he was out on the ice today. I mean, he's older. The way he described his absence on Tuesday before game was almost like a vet day. Like, yeah, he was just dealing with something. You know, we think he'll be ready. Yesterday, he said, we'll see how he feels so I'm not sure whether it's something with his back or I mean, it didn't seem like it was an injury, but something was bothering him enough to miss game one of a round two playoff series. So I don't think there's any guarantees that Stasny is back, but it was a good sign that he was on the ice and certainly will be hopeful. I mean, to lose, let's face it, Odog, going into game one, Dubois was on the wing. I mean, you have Stasny and Shifley as your top two centers. You take those guys out going forward. I mean, it really compounds the challenge for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, but they're very they're very talented. Stastny is one of the smartest players in the game, and they're more than capable of getting the job done. So it just, you know, everyone talked about the Winnipeg's depth up front. This is where you need it. When your top centerman goes down, there's no, there's no excuses. They're still a better team on paper than the Montreal Canadiens. They got to get to their game, though. They want to talk about rest versus rust or whatever in game one. They don't have much time for Paul. I'm sure Paul will take an assessment or 10 or 15 minutes into this hockey game and try to get guys that are going. Because like I said, they go down 2-0 at home. It's tough sledding with Carey Price back there. They got to get to their game immediately and try to press the, press the pace here with the, with the Habs. Well, it's funny. I mean, the things that you were just saying about the Habs-Jets, everyone was saying about the Habs and the Leafs. Um, I imagine you guys have had some... Interesting shows over the last couple of days on Overdrive. Um, how did that happen? I mean, how much credit goes to the Montreal Canadiens, the way they gutted out those three wins in a row, and how much of it is on the Maple Leafs once again coming up small when they needed it the most? I thought I signed in the player agreement with your producer that we weren't going to discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been a little too much uh, over the bit? I mean, I mean, as far as that, the Habs go, I mean, it listen. Is what it is. It's, it's uh, the only way I could describe it on on Sports Center after the game was, it's a choke job, and that's just not getting it done. You're up three to one against a team that limped into the playoffs, hustler, and you didn't close them out in a year that last year and the year before they were supposedly learned lessons and growing and doing this, and they wanted to win and they just didn't get the job done. I don't know how in an NHL playoff game, regardless of the situation, you can take your foot out of the uh, foot off the gas. But in Game Five, when you're up three to one, man, like take them down, finish it off, take them down and finish them off. And I don't care how good Carey Price is, but it's just and everybody's up in arms. But it's like you know what, Florida Panthers lost to Tampa, man. Like they didn't get the job done. Huberto and Barkoff, they haven't won anything. They haven't won squads, so. They're going to just reload and go on with their lives and try to be better next year. So we just get the ability to freak out because we're in a Canadian market, I suppose. So you have your two days of freaking out. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of over it. It's just trying to retool, reload. And what else you got? You can't just 
Yeah, how, and listen, as much as, you know, you can focus, and I know the focus, you know, in Toronto is on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we know what the money they're spending on those stars, but there is something to be said about how Montreal got up off the mat and survived those next three games to move on to round two. Sure, you can't just discredit Montreal and just say it's like, although I did describe it as a choke job, they wear NHL jerseys too, man. They went out there, Carey Price played well. Those two kids played damn well, and you you saw that the other night. Kakanyemi and Suzuki, they're good players, man. And they're going to be really good players. Caulfield's dynamic. He's great. To, to think that those guys weren't in the lineup come game one is just insane. So they did their job, man. It's tough to hang in there, Hustler, man. Like, when you're down 3-1, you're like, why the hell do we want to win game five when we're just going to get dummied in game six? But... Uh, they didn't do that. They hung in there and they, they did their thing. So good on them and, and kudos to them. Well, it'll be interesting to see what we uh, get from both the Jets and Leafs uh, Habs tonight um, in game number two of the second round series. Jeff O'Neill, O-Dog's with us. O-Dog, before we go, I've got to ask you for my money, the most entertaining content throughout the entire pandemic, the incredible rivalry between you and Al's brother on the track. How in the world did that start? Like, whose idea was it? And... This this is why you are so popular, I think, is because you'll have some fun, poke fun at yourself, and go do things that other people went, and it was incredible. Tell us about this budding rivalry between you and the brother of Al. Well, I don't know if you can probably figure it out. Al's brother is not exactly the most dynamic athlete on earth. Neither am I, Hustler, as you know. You've seen me in the flesh, and... We just decided it was NFL Pro Day that we were going to do our stupid little Pro Day at the TSN building. And we're like, let's just start with the 40 meter and the, what is it, the jump test or the vertical? The vertical. <laughs> yeah, the vertical leap. Our verticals were so embarrassing. Like, it was like 12 inches <laughs> vertical. Like, a three year old can do that. And our times for the 40, like, we both almost blew out our hip flexors. It was just, <laughs> it was pathetic. We had, like, a moment of, to ourselves in the studio, and we looked at each other. This is after running the 40-meter sprint, or no, 40-yard, I don't know what it's called, 40-meter, 40, 40 yards. And we both looked at each other, and we're like, man, I'm tired. And he's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, all we did was run the 40. <laughs> and then, and then, uh we decided to go into the 200 and we did that. So we just have fun, man. We get, you know, some ignorant people that call us fat asses and stuff like that. But it's just the stuff that people do these days. It's just not even shocking anymore. We just try to have fun and, and, and do stuff to entertain people, man. We've been in a pandemic for over a year now and just kind of come up with some entertaining stuff. I will say after, I mean, the 40 was rough. I mean, the numbers were, as you described, it, it wasn't great, but Listen, anyone that took those juicy under numbers on the 200s was rewarded quite well. Uh, you guys somewhat shocked the world. I'll never forget the reactions of Hayes and Noodles to the performance in the 200. There was some major redemption there, O'Dog. I think great athletes step up to the plate when they're dealing with adversity, and I think you saw that there, pal, with the 200. I don't know what else. I can't describe it any other way. Is there a, is there a future showdown that we can look forward to? Have there has there been any contract signed about the next chapter of this saga? I don't want to spoil anything, but before I break for the summer, you might see me and Al's brother do a 400-meter hurdle. Oh. <laughs> 
Listen, I don't care if it's on pay-per-view. Take my money, oh, dog. Uh, hey, this has been so much fun. Last question for you. We always love talking food, uh, beer, and whatnot on this program. We've got a great sponsor in Little Brown Jug. We'll have some of those with it being 35 degrees outside. But, oh, dog, a night off. You're watching the game. What is the most elite O-Dog approved game day meal? Game day meal? I got to tell you, buddy, I'm trying to diet. Okay. And you got a 400 meter hurdle race coming up. No kidding. And I quit drinking a year ago, so I don't drink anymore. But if I need to strap on a feed, like to really put myself on the couch and enjoy myself, there's a little Italian spot down the street that delivers and it's called Eden and they drop off like a spaghetti and meatball order that honestly, I don't like, I'm not a, my wife's more of a like dinner person or like foodie, but it's just the best spaghetti and meatballs. And you just go into that couch and it's heaven, bud. Uh, Odog, this has been so much fun. Thank you very much for doing this. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing what uh, you've got for us on TSN Sports Center tonight, following the Jets and Pierre Luc Dubois. And uh, continued success to you and the Overdrive guys. Say hi to Noodles and Hayes. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. But uh, thanks so much for making time for us in Winnipeg and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Really appreciate it. Hustler, I love you, buddy. Anytime you want. Talk soon. Uh, thanks, pal. There he is, the man himself, Odog, Jeff O'Neill. One of the stars of TSN's Overdrive. And uh, <laughs> I mean, literally, if you look up the beauty in the dictionary, there should be a picture of O-Dog. Um, yeah, I mean, just such a great dude. Very funny and a uh, hell of an analyst as well. And he nailed it. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about a few things uh, going into game two tonight. I mean, is there a bigger story than Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, certainly not to O-Dog. And that will be uh, something that he'll be talking about with the panel tonight. All right, Jeff Hamilton's coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, before that, do you want to thank Not Auto Corp for their continued support of Winnipeg Sports Talk? Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team at Waverly and McGillivray? Not only do they have an incredible selection of vehicles, including more Teslas than anywhere in Manitoba, they've also got five Red Seal technicians, service center, body shop, detailing and a consignment program that can help you get the maximum value for your current vehicle when you move into a new one. Find out more, Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, or check out their website at not.ca. And of course, it's hot as hell outside right now, um, but you're going to want to be spending some time outside. But before you do that, you're going to want to stop off at Royal Sports. Whether you're picking up whiteout gear to support the Jets through the playoffs, a car flag, you can also check out the expanded fitness section, tons of new running shoes that are in right now, bikes arriving weekly despite a worldwide bicycle shortage, camping, a great Yeti department. We were talking about those Winnipeg Jets Yeti mugs. You can check those out as well. And then soccer, baseball, disc golf. They've got it all right now. So while we have to stay inside and make do with what we can outside, Royal Sports is the place to be for all your merch needs as well as sports equipment and Boston Pizza. Um, was it Mikey that uh, dropped us off the tweet from the Go Jets Go game day meal with the spicy pierogi pizza, the meteor pizza, and the 24 case of wings? And, um, well, it got me hungry. I think that's what's going to be on the menu tonight at uh, the uh, Casa Hus. Uh, but whether you're looking for the pizza pears, chicken parm, the brute, or the game day deal, it's all available for you 
online at bostonpizza.com, takeout or delivery, and we're counting down the days before we can get back together and share schooners in the Boston Pizza Lounge. Big thanks to BP for their continued support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, lots of fun with the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill. And uh, we're going to go from one Jeff to another and welcome in Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hammer, thanks so much for doing uh, doing this. Great to have you back on the program. And uh, lots to get to before tonight's game, too. How you been? Stuff. I'm intrigued because I miss Jeff O'Neill and I, I enjoy his takes. Um, but yeah, overall, man, really good. I mean, what a series. I mean, what uh, what a start to a series, if you will. So uh, lots to talk about. Let's see if we can't get buzzing here. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, if we... Uh, <laughs> If we had the, um, if you were wondering whether there was going to be the juice in this series because of the big upsets that happened in the first round, it it didn't take very long, one game exactly, or should I say 59 minutes, uh, to get as heated as we've seen any series in a long, long time. Um, I guess we should touch on it right off the bat because we'll be dealing with the aftermath going in. Well, what was your take on the Shifley hit? And what did you think of the suspension handed down last evening from NHL player safety? Yeah, so my uh, my take is a bit loaded. I, I feel like I had two worlds collide. Very rarely do I mix, I guess, my passion as a human being and and um, you know journalist as my as my profession and my kind of my persona in hockey. So you know, when I was a hockey player, I wasn't exactly the you know the cleanest player. Um, I certainly love the physicality of the game. You know, I I'm, I'm one of those guys that enjoys again, the, the violence of the game in some respects, right? I don't like the cheap shots and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong on that, but I like the physical stuff. So my original opinion and I, and um, was that that was a massive hit. Now, I think in today's day and age, you look at it, you can go, okay, what's the consequence? Because you saw the result. So I don't think there's anybody, depend, you know, regardless of where, what side you're on the debate, wants to see a player end up like that, like we saw with Jake Evans. That was devastating. Um, there was It was almost kind of a, I don't know if it's a luxury or not, but like the fact that we're way up in the press press box and di- and got to see it kind of from that view versus the people who were in the Budweiser lounge that I'm sitting in now and watched it live were two very different experiences. So um, my original thought was, okay, you know, you, you're, you're trying to wrap a puck around the net. You should be able to get, and I even tweeted this kind of out later, you know, you should be able to get trucked so long as it's clean. And there are there's a side of people that, there is obviously that side of people who believe that's the, you know, that's the consequences of putting your head down, putting yourself into a vulnerable situation and ultimately paying the consequences. Well, I think what we saw very clearly with the NHL's Department of Player Safety and where I, where I moved to my other side is that it's okay to kind of, okay in the sense of having that opinion like that's physicality of hockey, that's not where the game is going. And what we just witnessed with the suspension here was a landmark decision. This is a precedent. This is a move in a direction that whether you like it or not, whether you want to say that he shouldn't be putting his head down, that he, you know, Mark Scheifele, that was a clean hit or whatever you want to call it, that is not no longer allowed in the game. That has been trying to be moved from the game for some time. And this four-game suspension is a move in that direction. And I think the, the NHL took the, took the opportunity to set a new precedent because you can't just keep going, okay, you know, Tom Wilson did this. So wh- how many more games are we going to give him? Or, or Nazem Kadri, how many more games? Like those guys can't be the precedent setters. Mm-hmm. You take a squeaky clean player like Mark Shifley and you kind of quote unquote throw the book at him because it is a, you know, four games in, in the grand scheme of things isn't crazy. 
but four playoff games is a little bit more and it's and and, it, and it's a stiff punishment when you compare it to everything else so for me that was my original feeling but now like I go back to my point where if you're kind of you're either with them or you're in the way in the sense of this is where the game is going you don't have to agree with it but with what we're seeing in professional sports and I liken it to football and I'm going on a little bit of problem they're trying to fix it they have a much more difficult route in achieving that goal because it's a physical game that involves tackling all the time hockey can actually make those rules so that you prevent hits like that and i'm not talking just about player safety we're talking about lawsuits down the road we're talking about a lot of things that that come into play here and so regardless of whether or not you felt like it was a fine hit or a, a vulnerable position the way the game is going is away from those hits, away from putting somebody in that vulnerable position and taking advantage of it and hurry and ultimately leading to injury. Yeah. So I thought the four games were okay. You know, listen, and I think that the take about the precedent is a very good one. I know you asked Paul Maurice and he spoke about it today. And I do know that we've got a lot of Winnipeg Jets fan going like, listen, in theory, I agree on this, but like, oh, so we're just starting now. Everyone's seen what NHL player safety has been handing out all year. Mm. And, it, and I think that's a big reason why, I mean, we just base what we thought this would be based on other decisions, and that's why I was thinking that it would be two games and not four. I think everybody was in that one-two game range, but I, again, like I, I think at that that is based on what we've seen, right? We what what we as you mentioned, what we've seen from Department of Player Safety. Now, you know, it, it's obviously interesting that they use this as an example, but I like when was the last time you saw a guy with Mark Shifley's reputation? kind of sitting in this situation right with such a devastating result let's be very clear about something there is not like all things are not equal including in these assessments it doesn't it matters what the result is it matters what the result of it now you can say like a check to the head's a check to the head but 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 the consequences matter and i i noticed this on mike mcintyre i think his 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 twitter was that you can drive home drunk and if you get home you get home, right? Or if the cops pull you over, you get a, a DUI. If you kill someone on the road driving drunk, it's a different consequence. So at the end of the day, yes, I think there are some people, I, even Paul Maurice admitted, he had two games mentally in his mind. I thought one or two games. I think a lot of people thought, you know, if they were going to send a message, it was going to be one or two games. Whereas I think the message is, again, a, a lot greater with the four games. And it's not whether I, you know, and I say this on your show all the time, it doesn't matter what Jeff Hamilton thinks about this or that. hit. The fact is, this is what the new precedent is set. And we kind of have to come to live with it. We can get angry about it, or you can get angry if you want, but this is where the game is headed. Well, all that being said, and again, I know this will continue to be a topic, especially if this series gets to game six and public enemy number one is out wearing number 55 in the Bell Center for the Winnipeg Jets. But to get there, this series needs to, you know, the Jets need to win a few games, starting with a big game tonight at home to avoid going to Montreal down to nothing. What does this do to the Winnipeg Jets outside of the obvious hole at the number one center going into tonight in your, in your mind, Jeff? You know, I think it's, you know, I don't know, you know, like it's, it's going to be interesting, right? Because I think what we're going to see, we're going to see a lot about this team based on their response. Like, look, the, the Montreal Canadiens are not juggernauts, you know, they're not this, this um, team that, I mean, they played very well in, in their comeback against Toronto and they, and they played well in game one. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
but they're not unbeatable. So I'm looking for a response from the Jets. I, I don't know what I'm expecting. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see some of their roster decisions. You know, Paul Stastny was back on the ice this morning. That was a good sign. So if he can if he can be in the lineup, that's great. Dylan DeMello is obviously not. And um, sounds like he's probably going to miss this series at, at the very least. I mean, Paul Maurice said he's not day to day. We're talking at least a week. And just given the fact that he was ruled out so quickly after playing just 29 seconds in game one, something gives here, right? So, you know, the response is, well, if you have, you know, th- this team has been claiming they're a, a more mature team. We've seen better games from the likes of players like Mason Appleton. Even improvements in players like Matthew Perot have been better this season than in, than in years prior. So what is the response for them um, is going to be a key thing here. And, 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 and at the end of the day, um, whether you want to, you know, this will only be a distraction, the Mark Scheifele hit, if you make it a distraction. You can go out there and completely flip the script by playing a solid game tonight. And that's, I think, what they're expecting. Let's just see it. You know, and uh, um, obviously there's opportunities for guys to move up and step into new roles in the lineup. Um, I, we had Odog on before, even before he came on, I had said, you know, to me, this is um, a huge opportunity, but also there's a lot of pressure on Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, he was come, he was brought here to be a big playoff performer, to play center. Um, there's been ups and downs as he's sort of been brought into the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and I think there's been quite a bit of patience for Dubois, maybe a little more impatience in the final month when things weren't going well for the team overall. Um, but if he comes out, steps up tonight, and leads the Jets to w- a win, all of that is forgotten. But from where I'm looking at, Jeff, if things don't go well for Pierre-Luc Dubois, the spotlight and the pressure on him will be brighter than it's ever been at any point that he's been wearing a Jet jersey. We had Odog on before. He said, I'm doing a Sports Center hit tonight. I can tell you right now, I'm going to be talking about one player, whether he showed up and brought it or whether he didn't and the team needed it. And not surprisingly, that was number 13 in blue. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the reality is, is, is we've seen it from Pierre-Luc Dubois. And not only we've seen him play better, we've seen it him play better in the playoffs when we saw what he was able to do with the Columbus Blue Jackets against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we know it's there. So the question is, where is it, you know, is, is, is a fair question to ask. And especially in like, you know, we talk about guys like, you know, even you want to go back to the Toronto series, like Mitch Marner and those guys, if you want to get paid that kind of money, you want to get paid the most money in the NHL, you have to show up. So, you know, of course the expectations are harsh. And this whole thing that players put harsher expectations on themselves than other people, yeah, that's kind of whatever, right? Like, no, you don't. Because um, at the end of the day, people want to see a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois who will warrant big money, who asks for a trade. Now, i got to be careful there because we don't know the exact circumstances of what was going on in Columbus. But this guy's kind of done things that a lot of young players don't do, both good and seemingly not so good. So the fact that he's now going to be – put into this position where, you know, when he first arrived, it was almost kind of like, oh, Pierre-Luc Dubois might even become the number one centerman over Mark Shifley, right? That debate was kind of wrestling early on. So now's his chance. And as, you know, to your original point, Haas, and to what I had mentioned before about the Jets' response, you can flip the script in a game. You know what I mean? People, people will dog you for an entire season. You score a hat trick or you do things in the next game oh, yeah. that people like or can get behind. Yeah, they're going to support you. So when you stretch a lot of games that aren't that great, like Pierre-Luc Dubois has done this season, you know, you're going to get that negativity attached to you. You do something special in the playoffs and the circumstances that you're under now, I think that's enough for, you know, people to start, or at least at the very least, get off your back. Uh, Jeff, were you in the building game one? Oh, yeah. You were? Okay, so let me ask you this. I was talking with a friend in the organization, not a media person, um, about the game that was in the building. And... Mm -hmm. 
uh, this person's been to hundreds, thousands of games in the rink. And he said to me that it was the it was the weirdest situation after the hit in that, you know, you've got a silent crowd of only 500 people. They're not playing music because a player is down. And you could literally hear everything that was going on between the two teams. Um, oh, I th- oh, we've got Jeff back. Um, I, I, it was told to me, the quote was, I heard things said to back and forth that I have never heard said before. Now, again, you know, sometimes it's a big crowd. You don't have that opportunity. But we have had a whole season of hockey without fans. What did you make of that situation after the hit between the two clubs? What was going back on? And what do you think that, what would the temperature be of this series when they drop the puck tonight, considering the way game one ended? So I think if you would have got a one game or even a two game suspension, just to answer the second question before the first one, I think it would have been a lot, I think it'd be a lot nastier. I, I don't think that, that what, I, I mean, I think it's insane to say that what happened in first game isn't going to, to bleed over into the second game there's going to be high emotions i don't think you're going to have the vigilante justice that was suggested i think there's going to be a lot more calculator i mean montreal you also got to remember a lot of these comments came either the, the night right after the game or the next morning and those feelings are still fresh because at you know after the game the emotions are from the game obviously and and, and the hit had just happened it wasn't like the hit like even like you know i, I hear some comparisons with, with the john what happened with john Tavares. i think those are kind of bogus this happened in the last minute of the game so it went from finishing in a, in 50 to 53 seconds to answering questions in about 10 minutes. It's much different. Like even, you know, anyway, so my, my thing about that is I don't think that's going to like, there's going to be an element of it. I just don't think it will be because, and then the next morning they didn't have the, they didn't have the suspension yet. So now they're, now they're saying things telling the league do, you know, do something about it. Right. So the, so the, the comments don't really soften. So I don't think it's going to be as drastic just given the suspension. However, um, that moment in the in in the arena when that happened was like a funeral nobody was talking it was silent and then so what happens is 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 everyone especially when you saw the hit even you know i mentioned where we were it was obviously a higher up angle but people who who were closer would have would have seen just the damaging result from it right there might have been an instant kind of like you know, whoa, good hit. But then when you see a guy lying motionless on on the ice, especially when you're frontline workers, you understand the magnitude of the situation. So I thought it was a very quiet thing. And so when, when it was pure silence, no one's saying anything, all you can hear is the fighting now going on, the physical altercations, right? So there's the physical part of it. That kind of stuff plays out. You see Nick Ehlers playing, you know, good guy, <laughs> blocking everybody. There's lots going on. People are exchanging words. And then it's the – and then you're watching, and everything's kind of like when, you, when you're pure silent and there's no fans, you can just take in everything. So when the scrum, you know, wraps up, just got a little pause in the hammer. We'll have to get him back in there. Um, but yeah, just to kind of pick up on what he was hearing is guys yelling at each other and and then you get to interviews and it's like, okay, um, now on to the next thing. But that's that situation was certainly, certainly tense and uh, made even more tense by obviously the actions and, and ultimately the silence around it. Uh, Jeff, what did you uh, think about what uh, Mark Shifley and the coach had to say this morning? Um, you know, Shifley, I think, you know, wanted to get out in front of it. You've got the suspension. Everyone's going to be talking about it. The sooner you meet the media, the better. Um, thoughts on Shifley. And then Maurice and to what he does and says to his team um, to try to galvanize them through this adversity going into a very important game, too. Yeah, you know what? I thought, I thought, uh, I thought Mark... How do I say this? I think he, you know, good on him for facing the music. You know, this, I, I was surprised to be quite honest with you that he was, that he was out in front of the camera. Um, 
that's on a number of different things. But, um, you know, to have him st- sit there and kind of, you know, get peppered with, you know, 17 minutes of questions or whatever it was, I think was, was good. I think it was the right thing. I don't really take his opinion on it all that well. I mean, uh, um, in, in the sense of like, I just felt like he was, you know, it was the result, right? And, and again, like you can agree or disagree with it. And since you're asking me my opinion, I think there was, you know, to say in one breath, like you wish the health of him or whatever. And then in the, in the next one to say, like, the reason why I'm suspended, I don't get it. Um, to me, is a little, goes a little hollow. Now, I will say this, I, and I tweeted it out. I mean, the comment, like you know, his mention about um, you know the some of the abuse that he he not only he's received but his family has received. You know, phone calls, messages to his parents. I did a feature on Mark a few years ago, and he's not lying when he says um, his parents are the salt of the earth. Like his, you know, I, I I got a chance to talk to his his father, you know, quite extensively, and he was a you know nicest guy in the world. Like this is a a down to earth family. Like this isn't your typical hockey family. And I'm not trying to be derogatory to typical hockey families, but he's not one of them. So, you know, those kind of comments are, are just ridiculous. It speaks to our society and all that. I felt, I guess, as a, as a, as a final point on Mark, I felt like he could have owned it a little bit more than he did. But again, who cares what Jeff Hamilton says? So um, Mark, Shai, uh, as far as, as Paul, I think you saw Paul Maurice in a very difficult situation yesterday. He had to play, you know, he had to be in his, his player's corner and he had to defend, um, you know, a hit based, you know, with a horrible result. Again, he had to defend that hit so, because the NHL hadn't handed down their suspension. So you knew he had to play that people, you know, and it's an interesting debate. And we had it this morning, right? Like um, society and how, you know, how we feel as people versus what their mentality is as a hockey team. You know, I often say this, like, you know, it's just a game or, you know, people say it's just a game. Well, it's not just a game. If you're a player or a coach, when you're getting paid millions of dollars, this is your life. So the way you have to kind of walk that line, I thought was unfortunate to a certain degree, but that, you know, you also get paid handsomely for that. So, and, and, the, and you make your own decision. So he wasn't going to, you know, say anything negative about the hit. In fact, he called it clean. And I think he believes that. But Mark, I also asked Paul today, I said, are we facing another situation where this is a defining moment in a shift in the game? And he has spoke eloquently in the past about hits from behind. It was like a couple of weeks ago, hits from behind were the topic. And he talked about coaching way back then that when you didn't have helmets and, you know, guys' equipment weren't as good, like it, there was just an understanding that you didn't hit a guy from behind. Like if you saw his numbers, you didn't crush him. Like you had a lot of stick work, a lot of that stuff to them, but you didn't crush a guy from behind. And it took time to change that. So I think. I think there was a recognition from Maurice today in his his follow-up comments that, yes, this is the way the game is going. I thought it was clean based on my belief over all these years, but I also have to acknowledge things are changing and this is a precedent setter. And I think this is the beginning of maybe him getting off that stance that these these hits um, are allowed or fair. Yeah, Jeff Hamilton, Winnipeg Free Press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Welcome to everyone. I know there's lots of new people in the chat. If you're here for the first time, great to have you with us. We're here every day beginning at 1 o'clock Central, Monday to Friday. Hit the subscribe button. Let's uh, see you here on a regular basis. Even you Habs fans, it's great to have you here as well. Um, Jeff, obviously the huge story around this series is the Shifley suspension, the hit. Um, We mentioned Dylan DeMello briefly. Um, This... And in normal circumstances, this would be a huge story for the Winnipeg Jets. The defense was already a question mark, stepped up very well in the first round. A big part of that was Dylan DeMello playing big minutes with Morrissey on the top pairing. Who goes in and how do the Winnipeg Jets handle 
the loss of Dylan DeMello, who will be counted on, and do we see a lot of Morrissey Pionk and really riding that pairing, or do you think we'll see maybe it's a Tucker Pullman, someone else go up with Morrissey that's played there before? You know, it's an interesting question. I think Jordy Ben gets in just because he wasn't at the morning skate. So that kind of a, a little bit of a tip and, and Billy Hanola st- uh, stayed on for a little bit. I, I think, you know, it's a game by game basis, whether they're going to, you know, lean on. Um, of course, they're going to lean on Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk more than they would if Dylan DeMello was in, in the lineup, just based strictly on the, the amount of, of ice time that Dylan DeMello warrants. So, you know, I think it's going to be a bit more makeshift. I, you know, I, I do think that, um, it's potential for the line blenders pairing blenders in this case are it, it is high. Um, it will be, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of, you know, a lot of these changes or a lot of the line um, deployment, if you will, is based on the flow of the game. I mean, if there's a lot of penalties early on, well, you know, there's going to be certain guys that are able to do certain things. And, you know, when we see a lot of penalties against the jets, Mark Shifley is again, as much time when we see a lot of power plays, obviously he is. So, Part of that's going to be game flow, of course, but there's going to be a you know an understanding here that um, you know everybody, whether it's you know Jordy Ben gets added in or right up the lineup to Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk, um, everyone's going to have to be relied on to to take a little bit more of the load with a guy like Dylan DeMello out. Jeff, this is uh, <laughs> it's already crazy. I mean, we had that four game sprint with the Oilers that ended. Nine days to get ready for this game, and then everything happens in game one. And, uh, I mean, the last 48 hours have been, I mean, crazy for everyone. I have to ask you this, one final one final question. It does go back to the incident and the hit. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I cannot remember an NHL incident that was so polarizing between takes on one side, like very extreme takes, and extreme takes on the other side and i mean we're not just talking about insane fans in internet chat rooms we're talking about media members as well what is it because of the unique nature of this hit and everything that we've talked about that has spurred this on or is this just the case of something that honestly um i mean marie said it depends on where you're from the way you look at it and there's probably a little bit of truth in that certainly amongst fans but as I said, I can't remember such a massive disparity between takes of the exact same thing um, from so many when it comes out. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a perfect storm. I mean, I don't think you can rule out any of the things you just said. I mean, there's obviously going to be a difference to paint on, you know, I've seen some stuff on, on social media about having Mark Shifley's back if you're a Jets fan. And, you know, so, I mean, obviously there's that part if you're if you're from Winnipeg and, you know, whatever you want to defend a guy that that's going to make sense. If you're, if you're, if you're Montreal, if you're from Montreal and, you, and you're watching one of your players, um, you know, lay motionless on the ice, you're obviously going to be very, uh, um, you know, emotional about that too. So like to me, it's, it's, it's kind of a combination of, of the result of it and how severe it looked. Um, obviously the, the varying fan bases, there's also that, that, um, that debate over, you know, you can be, you know, debate over whether you want to call it, pro fighting or, or against fighting or whatever, or contact, non-contact, big hits, non-big hits. There's that, you know, those different groups that, that, that are constantly kind of going at it. And let's, let's, let's just face it here. 
tensions are high with COVID. You know, I'm not trying to make this a COVID-19 thing, but you look at some of those response and you mentioned, and I don't want to give it any more attention, but there's some ridiculous journalists out there that decide to put their foot in their mouth and not, you know, take their job seriously. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are out there and, you know, everyone, everyone's allowed to have an opinion. Uh, we live in a world now where your opinion can get out there very easily and very quickly. Um, and you're going to see these things like none of them are surprising. And, you know, as I mentioned, tensions are high. It's, it's even bigger because it's the playoffs. It's a passionate game. Those are two passionate fan bases. So, you know, none of this is all that surprising to me. I just think at the end of the day, uh, let's try to be a bit more kind to one another and not, uh, <laughs> not get into this kind of like, you know, sometimes you don't always have to share your opinion. I get to the point. A- amen to that. Amen to that, Jeff. Um, great stuff. Obviously you're going to be at the game tonight covering for the Winnipeg free press. So what do you have coming up uh, for the weekend on the free press and anything else you got going? Oh man, I'm, uh, I'm moving this weekend. And so I got a lot of things going on. I'm going to be at the game tonight doing the gamer did a story out, out already about reaction with Mark and, and the players. So yeah, you know, I think a lot of us didn't think myself included that we'd be this far and it, it's exciting to be in this series and there's certainly nothing short to talk about. So busy weekend, busy life. And, uh, I, I can't complain really at all. Congrats on the new spot. Looking forward to seeing it when we're actually able to gather again, which is hopefully in the near future. But in the meantime, enjoy this game tonight. Keep up the great work, Hammer, and we'll look forward to having you back soon on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks for doing this, pal. Thanks so much, Huss. And uh, shout out to the comments section. Always a big fan. I wasn't able to read them while I was there, so maybe it was maybe it's a split mix. But uh, uh, just, always appreciate being on. It's a it's a big Mensa convention today. Trust me. Awesome. <laughs> Good stuff. There is Jeff Hamilton with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Always great to have Hammer on, and uh, you can catch uh, his world work right now from this morning's news and comments from the coach and players um, at WinnipegFreePress.com. And speaking of those comments from Mark Shifley, we heard one clip. We've got a little bit more from Shife as well as Coach Paul Maurice coming up in just a second. Um, before that, though, I do want to recognize and thank our wonderful beer sponsor, the incomparable Little Brown Jug Brewing. And I got to give a shout out to Kenny's Water Bottle. Kenny's Water Bottle, uh, always with us in the chat. I did notice during the conversation with Jeff that um, Kenny's Water Bottle came back and said, Hey, guys, sorry. Just had to step out for a minute. Had to get my little brown jug home delivery as Kenny's water bottle is set up for the weekend. And the water bottle is going to be filled with some 1919s, some summer lager, maybe the new Hefeweizen as well, all available from Little Brown Jug. And if you want to uh, save your trip to the vendor, uh, be like Kenny's water bottle. Fill that water bottle with Little Brown Jug, and you can do it by going to their new website at littlebrownjug.ca. It's easier easier than ever before to order beer and get it delivered right to your spot. And uh, I will tell you, I don't think I, I need to remind you, but with this temperature and the heat we've got, you're going to want to stay hydrated and nothing better to do with that than Little Brown Jug. And by the way, if you're a fan of the Black Lager, it's on special right now, 336. You can find it at Liquor Mart's select beer stores throughout the province and at the brand new website for home delivery and pickup. Shout out to the gang at Little Brown Jug. Of course, no live racing tonight at Assiniboia Downs, but the Belmont is tomorrow, the final leg of the Triple Crown. You can watch and wager on the Belmont and horse racing from around the world and Assiniboia Downs live racing Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night using the hpibet.com website. Remus and I are going head-to-head every night of live racing. We'll rekindle the duel at the Derby on Monday. Um, But 
for the weekend, Belmont, and everything else. Get your account, get set up, and uh, you can go head-to-head. We'll have our next picks for Assiniboy Downs coming up on Monday's show. And, of course, our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, they are hoping, fingers crossed, they'll be able to reopen on the 12th of June. And at that point, um, without the American tourists that usually fill up the place in the summer, there's still plenty of opportunities to get out for an incredible world-class fly-in fishing trip right here in Winnipeg. You'll be on the water in less than two hours from the city limits. Find out more, AkinsLake.com or online at Aikens Lake Wilderness. Uh, online, AkinsLake.com and on Twitter at Aikens Lake. Pitt Turen and the wonderful folks will get you set up. Uh, we're looking forward to getting out there a little later on this year. And um, But first and foremost, we're going to deal with these playoffs. And I know everyone out there waiting for the guests will be uh, huddled around the tube tonight watching the Jets and Les Canadiens. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. Um, this has been another awesome show. Great numbers. Thanks to everyone that's with us. If you're new, hit the subscribe button. We're here every Monday to Friday at 1 o'clock p.m. and afterwards in your podcast feed. Uh, Remo, great stuff with Hammer, an awesome chat with Jeff O'Neill, and yet I still think the highlight of this entire show so far has been the Remus rant that was so popular at the beginning of the program coming out of the Shifley suspension. Um, this is uh, People want this to be like a, a, a daily occurrence, the Remus rant, uh, hot takes on whatever the top story of the day is. Look, Huss, I think... Like, I agree with the suspension. Four games is fair, but in the context of what Jets fans have seen all year against their team and in the past, you have to feel like the NHL is out to get the Jets. They want to see the Habs, you know, advance the next round. They're the bigger population, bigger fan base, and Jets fans are just getting dumped on when you see... I didn't even mention, like, uh, how about Matthew Kachuk last year slicing Shifley's ankle? Like, they didn't even look at that. I thought that was questionable. And Adam Lowry took a headshot earlier this year. I mean, nothing happens. So when over and over again, these illegal hits are coming against your players and there's not even a hearing, and Mark Shifley, the, what did Paul Maurice call him? Like the cleanest man he knows. <laughs> He's ever seen in line. his life. Yeah. He's the Ned Flanders of the National Hockey League. He literally right. said frickin' in his, in, <laughs> in his, he said frickin'. Who says that in this media conference? And, like, so I, I'm shocked at the four games just based on what we've seen. I'm not saying it's not a suspension. And I agree with, you know, Hamilton questioning Maurice. Like, is this a shift? It's amazing how now, like now, when it's Winnipeg, the small market team, uh, you know, does something. They say, oh, and, we're and, and coming, hammer. And not yeah, on and, Tom Wilson. Like, I, Well, and that's the thing. Coming right out of the controversy around Tom Wilson, I think there was a lot of pressure on NHL player safety to really ramp up their um, – their penalties, and you know, we saw a very stiff one to Nazem Kadri. But Kadri, as I said, the guy's got his own passcode to NHL player safety offices for the amount of times he's had to go in there. Mark Scheifele is a very different situation. All that being said, it is what it is. The Jets are going to have to deal with it. They are not appealing the suspension. Uh, but Remo, why don't let's get to a little bit more of the audio from Mark Scheifele because we heard Scheifele on the hit. Um, there's another couple clips from Shifley before we get to Maurice that would be good to uh, good to play. And um, he also talked about the uh, the reaction to the hit. Yeah, I'm I'm more shocked than anything. Um, you know, I didn't think I didn't think it was a bad hit because I, I my intentions are to try to negate a goal. I'm I'm coming back to try to cut him off at that post. And you know, I don't lend, I don't I don't vault myself at him. I don't leave my feet. 
you know, I try to, I try to, I try to, you know, keep my elbow in. You know, I don't extend. I don't, I don't vault. I don't go upwards. I, I, I try to, I try to stay nice and compact. Um, and, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to negate a goal. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give our our, our team a chance to win. You know, I've played, you know, I've probably been in, you know, 36 on five situations this season. Um, you know, to try to, you know, try to score a goal, you know, my, my entire life has been about scoring goals and, you know, I've never, I've never injured someone in my entire career. Um, you know, so for, for that result to happen, um, you know, hurts me because, you know, I have tremendous respect for, for this league. I have tremendous respect for the players in this league and, and, you know, for my teammates and, and, and our opposing teammates. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that I, uh, you know, that sucks about it is, is the result. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you have to, you have to learn from. And, um, you know, I, uh, just have to know that there's a, there's a plan for everything. All right. So there's Shifley talking about the hit and, you know, I did see a lot of people saying that there's no apology or anything like that. And listen, I, I think that he's pretty steadfast in his belief that, you know, he was trying to make a hockey play. He was on a hard back check with the game in with the, the result of the game hanging in the balance um, I think we agree, and I mean, I've said this yesterday, and I do think that he made a, a split-second decision to go through with the hit once the puck was going in the net, um, you know, to really not give up a freebie, playoff hockey, if you will, and not intended to be dirty, but it did have a terrible result, and that is why we're having the conversation that we had today. Um, sorry, do you want to get to the I, other one just about sure. the result, or you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to get in. I see a lot of people saying, you know, he didn't play the puck. I mean, that's what hitting is. He went in at speed and said, okay, I can either, you know, I think I can get to him before he can put the puck in the net, and I'm going to hit him. Playing and the man's not against the rules. And like, that, that isn't it is. It's the yeah. charging of the, of the nature and the dangerous nature yes. of the hit that did it. So I've seen just seen that online a lot. Like, did Anton Strawman play the puck when he broke Brian Little's vertebrae? Or did Jake uh, McCabe play the puck when he took off uh, Patrick Laine and a loose puck through the neutral zone and gave him a concussion? So, I mean, stuff happens. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate result. He was going obviously going too fast. And led to the impact. I think after the hit, I mean, you saw his face. I thought he was worried for Jake Evans. He's like, oh, did I just do that? I can't believe. And maybe he misjudged what was going on. But uh, he did. Uh, he did get asked us about. Let me put it on. Oh yes, about uh, if he thought. I think it was Greg Wasinski asked. You know, if he's being punished. You know, not for the hit, but uh, for the result. Let me just bring that up right here. Yeah, you know, I, I like I said before. You know, I. I you know, the result is what sucks. You know, having a guy hurt is what is what no one wants in this league. No one wants in this world. No one ever, no one ever, you know, wants to see anyone hurt or injured. And um, you know, obviously, the league made it their decision. You know, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, that's my, that's my opinion. That's you know what I, what was going through my mind. You know, no one knows what was going through my mind except for myself. Um, and I tried to portray that to the league. Um, you know my rec. I, I I keep on going back to my record. My I think I had 12 penalty minutes this year. I've had I've had one boarding boarding penalty in my entire 600 game career. I haven't had a charging penalty. I don't think I have more than freaking 20 hits a year. So my my intention is 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 not to injure, not to not to to make a to make a hit it's it's to prevent a goal that's my entire that's what my entire life is that's my job is to is to you know you know keep pucks out of the net and 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 score and 
that that's why I'm out there on six on five is to prevent a goal and go back the other way and score. And so, yeah, I think it, I think it's excessive. Um, but you know, what can you do? You know, yeah, NHL has their own, uh, you know, their own opinion. Um, just, you know, some of his comments from earlier. It is interesting. I mean, I said this yesterday. I do think it was more the result than the actual hit. Uh, but when you get hit like that, it's very dangerous and guys can get injured. And Jake Evans did get injured. Um, he was taken off in a stretcher. It was a terrible scene. And NHL player safety got in. Uh, got involved and Shifley's out for the next four games. Where it does, though, Remus, is leave the Jets in a real spot going into tonight's game, especially considering the iffy status of Paul Stastny. Uh, but let's hear from Coach Paul Maurice because, I mean, Maurice uh, talked about tonight's game, but we'll first get the coach's take on uh, the hit and the resulting four-game suspension. I, I think yesterday I was probably resigned to the fact, whether I liked it or not, that he was going to get two games. I, I think I'd mentally gotten myself to that. I think four is excessive. Um, the Department of Players Safety has every right uh, and, they're, and they're needed in their role to set precedent for hits, uh, especially when there's an injury involved. So they have that right. I don't agree with it, but, but it's set now and, and that's where the National Hockey League game goes going forward. Um, and, and we'll learn from it and move on. All right. So, uh, Coach, you know, you just have to deal with it. I mean, you can't dwell on it. Um, there's nothing to be gained from it. And if anything, it's an opportunity for guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois to step up under the spotlight in a huge game and help the team win in the absence of Mark Shifley. Um, you know, Maurice was asked about the center position for tonight and obviously didn't get too into it. But this is, uh, this is what the coach had to say about the way his lineup will look up front down the middle. We're going to put four, uh, whether Paul Stastny's in the lineup or not, we're going to put four really good centermen on the ice. And, the, and they're key pieces to our lineup, right? Those are the interface between your defensive and your offensive game, those center ice pins. So we, we've been fortunate in that we've added depth down the middle. And it's, it's certainly going to get tested when you have two or one or two really important guys out of your lineup. Um, and, and then a more mature group, right? We're, we're a little older here. We're a little more grizzled we've seen more things um, so I'm expecting a really good A game you know I mean I you're always worried about that first game after a long layoff we, we weren't great in a lot of areas um, so I expect we're going to play a whole heck of a lot better here tonight all right there's the coach and that's certainly uh, what everyone's going to need to do in the absence of Shifley we talked about Dylan DeMello I know there's some folks asking about the lineup for tonight nothing confirmed but as we heard from Jeff Hamilton um, smart money on Jordy Ben coming back into the lineup. He wasn't out there. Billy Hanel was taking some extra work after the morning skate today. So it certainly does look like J- Jordy Ben will go in. I guess the question is, um, you know, I have heard some speculation. Maybe Jordy Ben goes and plays with um, with Morrissey. Um, he actually did have quite a bit of success at times in Vancouver playing with Quinn Hughes. Um, and then, you know, you keep forward Pionk together. And I think for the most part through the playoffs, we've seen a lot of good things from Tucker Poon and Logan Stanley. That being said, you could also have Ben and Stanley playing less minutes on a third pairing with Tucker Pullman moving back up. And I do think we'll see um, at times, depending on the game score, Pionk and Morrissey out there together as we did at times in game number one. Now, we've got one more clip from Coach. And this is something we talked about with Jeff Hamilton. Hamilton asked the question about the suspension, the nature of precedent setting, and is it the sign of a change in philosophy from NHL player from NHL player safety that happens to be sort of starting with making an example out of Mark Shifley? 
you got a player that has like not a lack of uh, of of uh, suspensions. I mean, basically not. He's his clean offensive player. And and you know what? In my opinion, you know, you certainly you do have to possibly treat the repeat offenders, you know, more more uh, severely. But I, I think there's a should be a minimum standard for all players. It doesn't matter whether you're an offensive guy. I mean, you're just a man and. You have to be held accountable for your actions, but you know I, I looked at that hit and 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 I used the word clean. And the reason why I used it is because the things that I don't like in a hit that I call them dirty weren't there for me. I don't agree with the distance traveled argument because there's no other option in that distance traveled. A forechecking route, you can decide whether you're sweeping, whether you take an angle on a puck. You get to make those decisions in a straight line, meeting at a point of contact. I don't think distance traveled is part of the argument, but th- that's fine. But his feet are on the ice, his arms are tucked in. You never heard the words principal point of contact was the head because it wasn't, and it was from the front. So in my history in the game, that would be a clean hit, right? He didn't get an elbow up. It, it wasn't. Now, was it hard? God, it was hard. And, and because of the distance traveled, because of the way that play developed, you got a really massive hit for sure. So that's fine. That's the rule now going forward. Everybody gets it. It's a good thing if it keeps one more guy from getting hurt. We are 100% behind it, and uh, and they have the right, the players' uh, safety to do that. I, I'm not complaining about that. I just thought, from what I know, I thought we were going to get a two gamer, and we ended up getting more. We'll live with it. We'll move on, and that's the standard going forward. Maurice, live with it, move on, and that's the standard going forward. Um, you know you. You know, everything that happens beyond this outside of this series doesn't really matter. Will it be good for hockey? Hey, hopefully. I mean, hopefully there'll be less hits like that and players will make better decisions. But for the Winnipeg Jets, they are certainly paying a big price for the hit Mark Scheifele laid on Jake Evans. And let's not diminish the fact that Evans is going to be out of the Montreal lineup as well. He was a very important part of a pretty effective line through the end of that Habs, uh, the Leaf series, as well as in game number one for the Winnipeg Jets. On the uh, And Rio, this is sort of funny. I was uh, tuning into 690 just hearing what they were saying in Montreal this morning when they were doing a, a poll of fans as to who should go into the lineup for the Habs, either Thomas Tatar or Letkinen. And um, the gentleman that was on the air was stumping for Tatar. The voting was actually quite heavily on Lekkinen's side of things. Um, and it does look like Lekkinen's going to be the guy going into the lineup for the Habs tonight, which is interesting because I think there's a few Jet fans out there that will remember Thomas Tatar being banished to the press box for a good portion of the 2018 playoffs, finally getting into a game and then burning the Jets and scoring in that Western final. Yeah, I, from what I've seen, Tatar has like pretty good numbers. He's been a solid player. I'm not sure why he's uh, in the doghouse, and I'm kind of curious uh, where he's going to move on to. Um, you just brought up some bad memories, Hus, that I didn't need. Uh, <laughs> I, I was only focusing on Mark andre Fleury's performance uh, on that series. But uh, we'll see. I mean, Arturi Lekin, I mean, he's kind of a bit of a, a grinder, so um, I think it's a bit of a blow for the Habs as well. I mean, Evans was on, on the top line there. Uh, we'll see how it goes uh, goes tonight. And I, I do see in terms of lineup, a lot of people mentioning Vili Hainala, and we kind of touched on this before. And you know, Jordy Ben is is likely. You know, Maurice wouldn't reveal his lineup, but we can kind of tell based on who's been on the ice and uh, the skates. But I think they're going to try not uh, try to avoid using him as as much as they can. He needs two games to kick in that ELC, and if he's going to come in and play like third pair minutes, uh, what's the point? So they're going to go Ben first, see how it goes, and maybe if they need a break the glass situation. They'll go to him, but I think they're going to avoid it as much as they can. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. Dan Jets fan, I think Huss needs a little brown jug beer. Well, I can tell you that there's a few more of these summer lagers uh, in the fridge, getting cold. Um, today, Friday, I'll be back on Sportsnet 960 from 4 p.m. Winnipeg time right up until game time. So when we finish and we drop the puck, there will definitely be a little brown jug in my future. Uh, let's get to uh, the cool bet lines for tonight and tomorrow in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can go to coolbet.com and as well as our Sports Talk WPG Twitter feature, our Twitter page. We'll put up the lines. We'll have a link for you if you want to get a 100% bonus on your first deposit and play with us over at coolbet.com. And this is interesting, Reem. I mean, there was a lot of, I think there, it was assumed that Mark Shifley was going to be suspended for game two. No one really knew how many more games he would get. We found out yesterday. But this game opened up for game two as a pick'em. Minus 106 on both sides. Interesting to note that the Jets actually have obviously taken a bit of money on them as the Jets are a slight favorite tonight at home. Minus 110 against the Habs at minus 101. Yeah, I do have the lines up on the screen for those of us on YouTube. Yeah, definite pick them. I think I'll, I I don't know. I have a hard time picking the Jets. I don't think they're going to be a, as, as you know weak off the start as they were or slow off the start. Um, maybe they'll be motivated. I think the Habs will be motivated too. It's a playoff hockey, so uh, I think it's tough to take two in a row. So I probably would lean the Jets there in that in that pick. Em. If you think that uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is going to rise to the occasion and have a big game, I'll give you a couple of the player props as well from the Winnipeg Jets side of things. Dubois to score a goal plus two eighty. So just about three to one on your money. Uh, Andrew Kopp and Paul Stastny are at three twenty. Appleton is plus 360. Matthew Perot plus 390. Lowry, 4 to 1. Neil Pionk, plus 570. That's an interesting one. He's certainly going to get a lot of ice time. And then one again, Kyle Connor, lowest odds on the Jets to score at plus 165. And Ehlers at 2 to 1, plus 200. I know we're spending a lot of time talking about the center ice position, uh, Reem, but I really think this is a huge opportunity for Ehlers to show just how well he can put a line on his shoulders, drive a line, create offense, and make a difference for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, he did that when he returned. It was a game three against Edmonton, scoring uh, the overtime winner and uh, another goal. So, uh, yeah, we're going to need to see him. I mean, Blake Wheeler, he's not much of a goal scorer. I mean, he has scored goals, but he's more known for his passing. Um, but in terms of props, Connor is plus 165, had a great one the other day. Yeah, cop plus three. I mean, I guess I would wait to see the lines before I would bet on cop at plus three twenty. I'm kind of curious what the power play is going to be. I mean, Appleton was getting you know first line power play last game with Stasny. Oh, he had some good looks yeah. in the slot too, didn't he? Yeah. So plus three sixty for him is pretty good. And I always, you know, whenever I play showdown on DraftKings, I just throw in Appleton because he's cheap. I think he's a good player, and with more opportunity, uh, he could put some, uh, put you know, get some points. So that's uh, certainly one. So there you go. You can check out the player points, player goals, props, and much more for the game. Um, But moving on, we've got another game tonight. Late game, Colorado at Vegas. Avalanche, minus 125. Vegas, plus 110. Talked about this on today's Lock Shop with Dustin Nielsen. I'm going with the underdogs. I think Vegas wins this game tonight and gets back into the series. Um, The alternative is being down 3-1 and essentially waiting for your season to to be over. I thought the Vegas Golden Knights were much better. You can make an argument that they deserve to win game number two. They didn't. They lost it in overtime. But I think this will be a team that will be ready for the challenge in what should be a great atmosphere in the Fortress in Vegas as the uh, Knights look to get back in the season. Where are you at on tonight's game? 
Yeah, I agree. I would take Vegas. It was so close. Uh, Philip Grubauer really keeping Colorado in. I think Vegas is going to take a game in. I think game two is what we thought game one was going to be. So Vegas at home, you know the T-Mobile Center is going to be rocking. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about having fans in the stands. We'll get to that here at some point. But yes, I would go, uh, I would go Vegas as the home dog in uh, what game three. Uh, as far as Saturday's games go, we've got a 3 o'clock game between Carolina and Tampa. I am also liking the underdog in this one. Carolina plus 136 right now. Tampa minus 154. Carolina after that big OT win last night on Sebastian Ajo's winner and two-goal performance. They are underdogs at plus 136. I like them to tie up the series and give us a best of three. Wouldn't that be great? And the Bruins minus 143 against the Islanders at plus 127 as a home underdog. I'm kind of feeling the dogs for these games over the, like outside of the uh, the Winnipeg-Montreal game, looking at these. Um, and uh, maybe that's just hoping we'll get some close, nice, long series, Reem. But I think you can make an argument, certainly for the Canes. And the Islanders have been so close. I mean, it could easily be up to one after losing that last game on that uh, great goal by the Rat Brad Marchand in overtime. Yeah, before we get to that, I just want to give a shout-out to Rob DePap uh, with the Super Chat. He says Jets are going to win 4-1 tonight. It'll be nice if they could put a couple past Carey Price. They did three last game, so I think tightening up defensively going to be tough. As far as, you know, last night, uh, shout-out to Carolina. I wasn't sure if they could do it. They battled through and won in overtime. Sebastian Ajo with a nice uh, one-timer for the winner. They're another dog tomorrow. And how about that overtime goal from Brad Marchand? I don't know if that was, um, you know, bad goalie positioning or just like the most well-placed shot you've ever seen from an impossible angle. I don't even know the puck could go into that top corner uh, from the board. So uh, what a shot. And I, I, I do like the Islanders, Carolina. You know, I think that if you think those games are a coin flip and they've been pretty close, why not take the dog? Yeah, that's where I'm going. And yes, Rob, thank you very much for the super chat. We really appreciate it. Great to have you with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, it was interesting. Did you catch any of the hoops last night? There will be no repeat of the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. LeBron's getting ready for the Space Jam summer tour, I think. Um, they're done, uh, as are the Portland Trailblazers. And despite the brilliance of Dame Lillard in Game 5, the Nuggets, without Jamal Murray, get through. The uh, Canadian's been fired up on the bench, but he's not able to help his team. Uh, we're seeing why the Joker, Nikolai Jokic, will in all likelihood be the, N- uh, the NBA's MVP. Uh, but interesting to see the Phoenix Suns, who have stunk mm. for the last 10 years, get Chris Paul, beat the Lakers. What a game by Devin Booker last night. A uh, bit of a changing of the guard in the West, it seems, right now in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, nice to see Denver get in there without uh, Canadian Jamal Murray. Imagine what they could do with him. Uh, Booker, uh, it's got to be good for my top shot uh, value. I know I got one of him. As far as <laughs> LeBron goes, yeah, he's suiting. He's, and he also said after the game, not suiting up for the Team USA at the Olympics. Been there, done that. He will be suiting up with the Toon Squad and promoting Space <laughs> Jam 2. Huss, maybe we can do our full uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk review this summer when there's not much going on and Space Jam 2 is out and I know LeBron had complained about the play-in games and complained about the schedule. Well, he loved it last year. He loved it last year when they weren't in it. And then this year, yeah. all of a sudden, it was the stupidest idea ever because <laughs> they happened to be in that situation. I mean, you want to talk about playing both sides. Yeah, and Anthony, I know Anthony Davis was banged up. It seemed like their team, you know, had gone through a lot last year and maybe LeBron's head uh wasn't in it. So, uh they'll be back next year, I'm sure. 
And then we move on. Yeah, I'm keeping a, a, you know, just watching from afar on the NBA playoffs. You know, it's when those Lillards dropping logo bombs and they're heading to multiple overtimes, your ears perk up. But um, I'm very focused uh, on the NHL playoffs. I guess yeah, uh, the me- Mavs, hey, the Mavs can put away the Clippers tonight. That would yeah. be that would be a big upset. Oh, man, Kawhi. Yeah, I think the Clippers win. Um, they certainly, uh, the road teams won every game in the series, which has been sort of weird. Um, but if that continues, we'll have a game seven in L.A. and another chance for Luka Doncic to be a hero. But, of course, I think uh, just about everyone in this chat room or listening on the podcast, wherever you are, is locked in on puck drop tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. We'll see uh, what the temperature is like when the first period gets going. Although the guy that you know was the uh, was the offender in Mark Scheifele's out for the next four games, so I do think it'll be all business. Certainly for the Winnipeg Jets stream, it has to be all business. Um, they really do need to win this game. You do not want to be down 2-0 without your number one center heading on the road for two games. Yeah, you think um, you know now they gave him the suspension. It's kind of the four games. I think everyone's surprised. I think there was one. There wasn't a consensus on the head. I mean, every, there was a lot of extremes, but it seems like everyone agrees four games. Um, whether you think it's right or wrong, was more than you thought it was going to be, and I have seen um, that that consensus. Now, a lot of people didn't have too much faith in the Department of Player Safety to put a, a strong number on that. But, Shout uh, out to whoever. I, I yeah. was just going to say, speaking of that, and George Peros making the ruling. Shout out to whoever it was that sent me the tweet after I just, you know, put out, wow, you know, I said I thought it was going to be two. This is, you know, more than that. Not good for the Winnipeg Jets. I got a tweet back from a guy going, is this the guy that made the ruling? And it was a picture of George Peros in the Habs jersey from when he played with Montreal. And it does get you thinking, like, you know, having former players that obviously have relationships with certain teams and other players in the league, you know, at what point does that become some, you know, even if it's not, but uh, an implied conflict of interest? More and more, I think having players in that role might not be the way that league should go going forward. Uh, but again, everyone in hockey will tell you these guys played the game. They know what it is. Although I think we could say from everything we talked about this week, the game is very, very different when George Peros was running around knocking guys out and settling scores during his career. Yeah, I, I mean... It's funny how, like, this is, like, was there a memo sent out um, after the Tom Wilson sent suspension that said, hey, you know what, we screwed up, we weren't harsh enough here, we're going to be coming down Yeah, the memo, the memo came from the New York Rangers calling for George Peros to be out of a job because the league could not have confidence in him anymore. That was the memo. Yeah, that's so, and here, uh, we've talked about what's going on in Montreal. I just want to bring this up. I saw this on Twitter. This was at an IGA (laughs) on Twitter. And... I didn't know IGA was still around, but apparently it is. I remember going there in the 90s. But uh, Mar- public enemy number one, that is a, that's not a DQ cake. That's at IGA with Mark Shifley on it. So temperature uh, has been turned up a notch. <laughs> the D- you can get any kind of cake at DQ, but they will not sell you a Mark Shifley public enemy number one from Nick and Nicky DQ. Um, and actually, speaking of Nick and Nicky DQ, it's a nice little segue into a a bit from uh, our man Motown Mitch. DQ, of course, has a a spot in Niverville, growing community here in southern Manitoba. 
And Mitch has just dropped in it. Congrats to Niverville on getting an MJHL franchise. That's great mm-hmm. news. And you really want to see the MJHL get supported and get back on the ice next season. And um, that is fantastic news for the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, getting to another exciting, growing community in southern Manitoba with a new franchise. So great stuff for Niverville. I have a feeling people will be probably hitting that DQ quite a bit before and after the games when the MJHL gets going. Apparently there is an IGA in Niverville. Uh, our last two things uh, coming together. I didn't know IGA was around. I hadn't been there. Someone says IGA Sobies. I do remember the Sobies Keniston used to be an IGA. Yeah, everything, you know, it's one company buys another company and they switch it around. I, I can't keep oh. track. And as people will know, I'm more, I've been doing my part to support the restaurants during the pandemic. I'm a takeout guy. Very rarely a quick pop into food fair down the street, grab some brats or pizzas or something like that. But uh, oh. uh, it's going to be, a, it'll be a, a game day order tonight to BP, I think. That is what it's going to take to turn it around. Some little brown jugs, pizza flights, some wings kicking off the weekend right and most importantly staying cool we'll tell you folks if you are outside or spending time outside if you're working outside make sure to stay hydrated right now i'm looking at we're already at 36 degrees um pushing 100 fahrenheit right now um so it is important to uh to be as cool as you can be stay hydrated and uh be safe as we get into it um probably a good thing reem that there's not 15,500 in the building tonight can you imagine the challenge for the ice makers with a crowd like that in record heat to uh, maintain an NHL-level playing surface? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that earlier today um, uh, when I was outside. Like this morning, it was so hot, and I don't know what it would be for the ice. I've heard about bad ice in other um, you know, cities that are hosting playoff games. I would imagine it would be very challenging here. Um, we won't have that challenge. We've got 500 uh, healthcare workers. Uh, fully vaccinated in the stands, so we'll see how how the if those have an impact on the game. You got it. Well, I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to this one tonight. We'll see what we get from the Winnipeg Jets. As Jeff O'Neill, if you popped in late, um, check earlier on. O Dog joined us uh, for our. He was the first guest before Jeff Hamilton. Uh, he's the best. It was just an awesome conversation about the Jets. Uh, this series, and he'll be working for SportsCenter tonight, and he said he's looking at one guy tonight. That's number 13, Pierre-Luc Dubois. What he can bring to the Winnipeg Jets in the absence of Mark Shifley, this is the reason the Jets traded for him, and uh, now it's a huge opportunity to show and prove, but I think the pressure and the spotlight ramped up big time for Dubois in the aftermath of the Shifley hit. Um, Getting a few questions about the schedule. Um, you know, Reem, I don't know. We haven't really talked about doing anything on Sunday at this point. I think we'll sort of play it by ear, see what happens tonight uh, going into uh, the game in Montreal. Um, if you're not already, follow us on Twitter at Sports Talk WPG. I'm at Hustlerama. Michael Remus is at M Remus. And uh, we'll kind of do an update at some point if we are going to do on a uh, show on Sunday. We will absolutely be back on Monday for a show before game four. Wrapping the weekend, what happened in Game Three, going right into Game Four, and we'll see whether the Jets, where the Jets are, as they look to extend the series and uh, hopefully still be playing when Mark Shifley makes it back in Game Number Six of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, obviously, you do want to thank uh, PolicyMe.com, Aikens Lake, 
Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend Country Club, and Cool Bet Canada for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, uh, you know, just on uh, behalf of Michael, to everyone that's listening on the podcast or joining us live on YouTube, this has been an amazing week for the most part. Everyone that's found us, um, I think, has had a good time in the chat, listening to the product and uh, interacting with other fans for the most part. I mean, you know, when you have an emotional series like this and something that happened, there are some, you know, the odd people that maybe take things too far. But overall, it's been just an amazing week for us. And, uh, Reen, we continue to put up big numbers with the support of everyone that's joining us here every day. And uh, can't thank uh, them enough for spreading the word on Winnipeg Sports Talk and letting people know about our new home, bringing this content to the sports fans of Winnipeg on a daily basis. Yeah, a lot of people listening on podcasts, a lot of people uh, here on, on YouTube. Uh, this is pretty awesome. We did get a comment about Shafley appealing. Um, he said he's not going to appeal. He can only appeal to an independent arbitrator if it's over six games. So if he did appeal, he'll go to Gary Bettman, and he's just going to uphold what um, his Department of Player Safety did. That's out of a cadre. So um, they're kind of waiting on that independent arbitrator appeal. So well, so that was to deal with that. But, yeah, I mean, this has been a crazy, crazy week. We'll see about Sunday how, how it goes. That's when you will be in touch. So um, hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell because – um, you know, if you miss us, tweet that we're going to be on or Instagram or Facebook, you will get that notification bell on your YouTube. So um, there are a number of ways to, you know, keep in touch with us when we're in between streams. So thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. Yeah, do us a favor. We're getting close to 300 likes for this episode right now. If you're with us in the yeah. chat, hit that thumbs up how, if you wouldn't mind. And uh, How many oh, dislikes? Less, less Habs fans today. We're only at nine down. And it is an interesting uh, phenomenon. I mean, through the first two months, we might have had like one or two thumbs down at ever. Um, and I think that was probably just some people having fun. Uh, but yeah, there, uh, there was some, some hot fans on both sides yesterday. There were a few thumbs down. So help us out. Let's get that number up. And uh, anything you can do to let people know about where we're at every day and what we're doing, we really do appreciate it. Again, thanks to all of our sponsors. I see Royal Sports. Shout out to Greg from Royal. Here, this is a prediction. Oh, Shifley will be, he'll be coming back for game one of the semifinals. Well, that means <laughs> I see what you did there. Right, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Uh, listen, uh, that that ain't happening if they can't get a win tonight, and that certainly is the focus for the Winnipeg Jets to rise up, come together in the absence of their number one center, and uh, and just get a win, get back into the series, get it on even terms, and then get to Montreal and see what you can do on the road in back-to-back games Sunday and Monday against a team that's played a heck of a lot of hockey over the past three weeks. Yeah, and I said um, the Jets, I mean, their goal is to win, too. Get it to a game six, get Shafley back. Uh, it's going to be tough to win without him in the lineup, but, I mean, they want, we thought it was going to be tough for them to win without Ehlers and Dubois against the Edmonton Oilers. And who do you think is better, Edmonton or or Montreal? Uh, I think Edmonton finished higher than Montreal in the regular season. Obviously, regular season is, you know, history doesn't mean anything, but it's, it's just saying the Jets can win without their guys. Now, Shifley's a center. Those guys are wingers, but we've talked about how great their center depth is, and I agree with Odog looking out for number 13 tonight, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, hey, a shout-out to Behan Reznor, Winnipeg fan here in Los Angeles, literally in between the Kings and the Ducks. Well, 
thankfully the Jets and Habs will be there to give you some hockey because we know it wasn't very good for the California teams this year. Uh, great to have you with us as well as everyone joining us uh, from around the world and of course right here in our home base of Winnipeg, Manitoba. All right, um, I'm going to be on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary from 4 until 6.30 Winnipeg time. If you want to join me and Pat Steinberg, should be a fun couple of hours before we drop the puck at 6.30 um, we will be back for sure on Monday. We'll let you know. We'll kind of play it by ear for a potential pop-up show on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, but in the meantime, folks, enjoy the game tonight. Get the whites ready. Have a great weekend. Stay cool. And we'll talk to you next time on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks so much. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.